Hey, what's going on, Hattrick listeners? It's Braden here. With no episode this week, I want to take a brief moment to thank you for following and subscribing to our content each week and to introduce you to the newest podcast on the Ordinary Podcasting Network. I have the pleasure of co-hosting the Backyard Basketball Podcast, a brand new podcast about basketball with my good friend and Celtics diehard Christian Steck. Join us each week as we break down news and rumors around the NBA and the basketball world. As a special treat this week, we're releasing our first episode right here on the Hattrick feed. If you enjoy what you hear, please consider subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcast. And by subscribing, you will help us grow and continue to make awesome podcasts even more awesome. One last thing. You can also follow the Backyard Basketball Podcast on Instagram, where you'll find content each week to accompany the episodes. Without further ado, here is the Backyard Basketball Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. Welcome to the first ever edition of the basketball, the backyard basketball podcast brought to you by Braden Dog Coleman. I'm here joined by my good buddy Christian Steck. How are you doing, Chris? Hey, how's it going, buddy? Looking forward to talking some basketball. We've been meaning to uh, put this thing together for a while now. We've been wanting to talk (laughs) basketball on, uh, well, we talk basketball every day, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say so. So we were really excited. We were really ready to to put this into a format uh, where we could offer it to you at home, the listener. Um, We're just ready to talk basketball. Yeah. And we had a really special event tonight. Uh, A little (laughs) NBA draft 2021 happening in front of our eyes. Um, I'm a little speechless to say the least. Why are you speechless, Chris? Well, I mean, we'll we'll get to that when we get to number four. But, I mean, you know, some things went the way that you expect them to. Some didn't. We thought some trades were going to happen. And I guess apparently no trades were going to happen tonight. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, what I'm thinking here is uh, we'll uh, go through uh, the top 15 picks of the draft this year get you know a little bit more specific about each one how we feel about it and you know if there's any other notable guys you want to talk about after the fact you know we can get there and if you want to spend a half hour of this podcast talking about the number fourth pick uh, we can do that too (laughs) well everybody wants to know uh what messiah jiri's plan is is he staying in toronto why is he not choosing the fourth overall projected jalen suggs and much much more um, so you're going to get a heavy dose of Toronto Raptors takes on this podcast. You're going to get uh, some good, uh, good hot takes on the Boston Celtics, Christian's uh, home Homer team, and uh, and much much more. So let's get going. All right. So yeah, Chris, let's run down this draft order. It's lots right, of okay. lots of fun stuff happening. So uh, right off the bat. We kind of knew this was going to happen. Everybody knew this was going to happen. With the first overall pick, the Detroit Pistons selected Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State, the Cowboys. Um, I don't really know what's much to be said about uh, this particular player and this pick. Uh, We all knew this was going to happen weeks in advance. Uh, Even days before, people were trying to make rumors of 
other teams pushing up for the number one overall seed. It seemed like, you know, the consensus is Cade Cunningham is the number one player in this draft, wouldn't you say? This guy's a superstar. He's going to be a superstar. He holds himself like that. The thing that I feel like a little bit worried about is that he he seems just a little bit too much like Ben Simmons before Ben Simmons was drafted. <laughs> Not in the sense that Ben Simmons, who's a notable, who's who's definitely a notable conversation uh, on draft day, but. Uh, not so much in the skill level, because that's still, you know, I feel like Cade's, Cade's a little bit <laughs> further along. And they're different kinds of players. But there's just something to me, like, leading up to it, there was no, like, yeah, Cade's going to be the guy. He's, not, you know, they, they're comparing him to, to the likes of LeBron or to, to you know, the, that bigger point guard or that bigger guy who can move the ball. It doesn't, I just, I don't feel like I'm fully on board with Cade Cunningham yet. Hey man, I completely hear where you're coming from. How many times do, you know, nobody can say any notable weakness about this player. He does everything. Um, you know, it sounds like he's an overall consistent pick, but the idea to think that like they were talking, you know, this draft compared to like the 1996 draft where Kobe was drafted, like all these great players and they're comparing to all these other great draft years. Like who knows if Kate Cunningham is going to be the perennial number one player that comes from this draft, you know? And that's what's fun. That's what's fun is he had a, a really deep draft. Everybody's been saying that. Um, but the top four <laughs> supposedly <laughs> Are were like you know they were saying each of these guys could go number one in any year. That's right, that's right, and you know it just happens to be that for this particular year with all these players in this one draft, Kate's going to be the number one pick. And you know for his size, like what he's got to be like six seven six nine. I mean he's a big guy who you know we've seen from the highlights and how he played on the Cowboys last year. He can move the ball. Um, he's a really great communicator with players on his team. He's consistent and probably, you know, one of the huge advantages I was kind of seeing from a lot of players actually in the draft this year is um, on the defensive end, like the versatility and the willingness to want to contribute um, at an extremely high level on defense, I think is something that, you know, can't be understated. So, you know, Detroit is really lucky um, you think about other players that are on that team right now, Killian Hayes, uh, you know, a guy who had a really bit of a difficult year this past year. Um, and, you know, the, yeah, Sadiq Bay's on that team. You got Jeremy Grant. Um, you know, I, I think they've got like some pieces that they can make something happen. And, you know, also like worst case scenario, um, you know, Maybe down the road, they can do something with Jeremy Grant. They can move him for some other younger assets to really complete that, um, you know. But they got their cornerstone. So they do. Good they for do. Detroit. They've, they've got... Uh, they've got There's not much more we could really say. A lot, of, uh, a lot of prime things happening, and we'll just have to wait on Detroit Pistons. Okay. So the second pick in this draft, uh, the Houston Rockets... You know, there were a lot of talks. Maybe we we're going to go with Evan Mobley. But at the end of the day, they decided to go with Jalen Green, your boy, somebody that I know you would have really loved to have on the Toronto Raptors. Um, the dude's a flipping superstar, man. I mean, that guy is a superstar in the making. Like, he has the chops. He's got the athleticism. Like, that guy is just going to be a killer on the court. You can tell. Um, 
James Harden 2.0. We'll see. I don't well, know. It'll be sure. fun. It'll be fun for for he I mean Houston didn't have to wait long to get to get another flashy player and that's the way I would I would say Jalen Green is. He is flashy on and off the court. Did you see what he was wearing tonight? Oh god. Man, it's it like, like a some Yeah, man. He was wearing bell bottoms and uh it was all shiny. It was all very was, shiny. You know, what's interesting about him, though, is like there's a, a level of confidence that comes, I think, that you don't see in college players because they're, until up to this year, um, they weren't making any money. And so Jalen Green went to this G League uh, prep team for the NBA, and he was able to play with pros, you know, ma- making money, making making. Uh, Making it, earning his keep, I guess, is the way I'm trying to say it. And I feel like there's a responsibility that comes to that. There's a privilege that comes to that. And I think that that's, that puts him, maybe not miles ahead, but definitely closer to being ready to play in the NBA. Oh, for sure. And, like, what a unique opportunity that we get to see a player drafted this high from the G League, decides to go a different route of experience, not traditional university. You know, there's always been so much controversies in reference to the NCAA and these guys only staying for a year and how much of experience are actually really garnering from it. It's probably more so just the coaches than anything. Yeah. But we get a guy who, like, he decided to bet on himself right off the get-go. And this could be a really cool opportunity that if he has success in this league, what future does that set for other players that decide not to go to university and, and join these leagues, right? For sure. All right. Houston, Houston's got their guy. Yeah, Houston's got their guy, man. It's going to be exciting. Christian Wood, uh, you know, they've got a lot of young pieces. What do they do with Eric Gordon? That's a player that they probably maybe have to move. Um, but, you know, you got a new coach there as well, too. So it's it's a really I don't, fresh opportunity. I don't like anything about what Houston looks like right now, other than Jalen <laughs> Green, man. I mean, Jalen Green and John Wall will be very, very fun together. Oh, I forgot about They'll that be guy. very fast. But the rest of the team, I just don't see how they're competing next year. Could you see a world where, like, early on, you know, Jalen Green is, like, getting his keep and he's got more flashiness over John Wall and we get a little button heads between the two of them? Well, do you think John Wall's still desirable in the NBA? Uh, do you think oh, he's an man. asset that people are, are serious about? Because for a second there, Westbrook, who also got traded today. That, yes. Uh, <laughs> to the Los Angeles Lakers for a handful of Lakers players that LeBron doesn't need or want anymore. Um. Well, I would make an argument to Pope, but go on. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. And yes, Montrez Harrell will be a valuable uh, piece to any organization he's with. Um, but what I'm wondering is, is John Wall that still that guy? He, he played – how many years in the last three has he played basketball? I think just this last year. Because right. I think two years, yeah, he had, you know, back-to-back injuries. So I'm wondering if 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 he is a shell of himself or not, because he could be a very interesting piece to this whole uh, uh, this this whole the dynamic of the you know like think about a, a team that could really value a guy like John Wall, and I think about don't 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 the Philadelphia 76ers who are trying to move their man in Ben Simmons. He, he, yeah, but they would need way more. Than, they, there's no way. There's well, I'm no not way. saying a one for one. I'm not saying a one for one at all. But uh, we also we also got to remember the team that we're dealing with here. We got Daryl Morey in office. Would you really want to work with the team that? I don't know. You know he, he drafted a lot of those guys, didn't he? 
Yeah, but so it also he definitely like there's is a bit of contention between him and and the new owner of that whatever. Right, right. But if the new owner had a chance at Ben Simmons, do you think they go after that? Well, they had James Harden last time, and they had the opportunity. They could have went for Ben Simmons, and they decided not to. So, or maybe Houston decided not to, or uh, rather, uh, Philly decided not to. Philly, I mean. Yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? It's all hindsight, really. It is all hindsight. It all. What is will, not hindsight yet is where Ben Simmons will play next year. That is very true. I will want to make one preface, though. I think a cool team that John Wall could go to if he decided to move would be the New Orleans Pelicans. I Ooh. think him with Zion would be Ooh, really that would be interesting. You know, you do some pick-and-roll action. He just mm-hmm. rolls off. The guy's a beast. John mm-hmm. Wall has that quickness. He doesn't have to feel like the pressure all has to be on him and maybe it's a it's a renewed fresh start um well we're just gonna have to wait and find out hit me with the third find out. okay so the cleveland cavaliers for the third overall picked of course who would have been the third best player on this draft is evan mobley who i can't remember on draft night but one oh was it perkins he made the reference to him being bill russell or it was another guy yeah who no he was saying he's like a yeah he's a a young Bill Russell. Those are, that's a bold statement. Now, Perk is known for making bold statements. Uh, for sure. But let's, let's hope that that's what it is because that would be fantastic for this uh, new era of basketball to have the likes of a, a, anyone that would, you know, is remotely in the realm of George, uh, Bill Russell. Oh, of course, man. I mean, especially off the court, the stuff they did. But uh, so... Okay, so I, I want to ask you a question here because this is something that I've been kind of curious about. <laughs> um, obviously, Cleveland's looking at their options and they think, okay, the best pick here is Evan Mobley. If, if you didn't pick Evan Mobley with third overall pick, like that would not be a very smart move. Yeah, um, you'd probably take Jalen Suggs, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, too soon? So, uh, you know... But okay, you got Evan Mobley on this team now. Uh, you got Sexland going on with Darius Garland. And <laughs> right, Sexton. I didn't realize that was his nickname. Oh yeah, it's the best. It's the best. And so, of course, we're talking about Colin Sexton. Uh, so, do you do it, Evan Sexland or Sexland <laughs> Mobile or something? <laughs> oh my god, that's what we're worried about. Like, that's what that is. Like, guess that's what the NBA fans are now. Hey, like yeah. uh, memes and TikToks. That's right. Uh, that's right. The Cade, you, what was it for Cade? Um, the the motorcade in Motor City. That, that yeah, I mean, that's fun for sure. And and he had to pull the shades out, which I don't understand what that reference is. It's got to be a Detroit Rock City. I don't know. It looks very uh, Morpheus. It did. So, it did. That's, oh. pro- that's probably. Yeah, it's got to be what it is, right? <laughs> we'll call them Matrix. But okay, so you've got Jared Allen on Cleveland. Uh-huh. What do you what do you do with Jared Allen? Well, the obviously... Raptors want Jared Allen, and the Raptors need Jared Allen. So and there's no the... other team that needs him more than the Raptors. He's the, he's... the Raptors need a, a prayer right now, a hope and a prayer. Okay. Jared Allen's an RFA, so he his rights could be traded. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't see how Cleveland keeps both of those guys. I think that if he, they just went out and got their guy in Evan Mobley. And I think they want to make sure that they give him the space to be able to do what he does to do what he does. And I don't think that that's coming off the bench for Jared Allen. I mean, that'd be, that'd be a crazy tandem if they, if Mobley could fit into the power forward role, but I just don't, 
does Mobley shoot uh, threes? Do, do either of them shoot threes? Uh, I think Jared Allen shot a bit of threes in Brooklyn, <laughs> like but it, I don't think it's something that you can really count on consistently. Yeah. You need it for the four and Mobley. I've, again, yeah. I think it's kind of a similar type situation. They're very similar players in a lot of ways. But uh, where do you I see mean, him going? What, what happens to Jared Allen? I, in terms of team, I really don't know. I mean, of course, the Raptors could use him. I mean, Washington's made a bunch of crazy moves. Obviously, tonight we'll get to, uh, but. I think it's a good opportunity for Cleveland having this kind of asset again to move it, which has still upheld its value really well. And, um, okay, we see that we've got a trio core of these three players and Sexland and and Evan Mobley. So you just look to find other pieces to fill the void of whatever you're missing, if it's maybe more perimeter defense and size, because it seems like Darius Garland and, and Colin Sexton are both pretty small. Um, I'm not sure, but they're, they're in a really pristine opportunity, Cleveland moving forward. Like I'm, I'm impressed. And obviously they were going to get good player anyways, but I thought, you know, like maybe this would have been a potential trade um, of a pick. But. Well, and it sounded like a lot of teams were interested in, in trying to take that spot, but uh, Cleveland's still rebuilding and they had a prime asset available to them and then they went after him and they got him. So let's, let's give the people what the people want. And let's talk about the Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors had the fourth overall pick after finishing what they were projected to eight or nine, I think. Yeah, uh, something from the bottom. Like that. So they true. jump in the lottery, they get the fourth pick. And I was happens. screaming my butt off on draft lottery, if you remember. I do I remember. Right away. Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs is. My opinion, the best player in this draft. I said no. it. I'm saying it right now. I'm telling you, man. Why? And, Why, and maybe, Why? maybe it's not because of ceiling in terms of like, you know, he's going to get all these accolades and awards, right. but he affects winning. That is the best thing that Jalen Suggs does is he affects winning. This guy, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll talk about it with the next pick, but you know, for whatever reason, Masai, who still hasn't signed, I feel like he's just like, you know, playing games with us at this point, you know, in the war room, just like twiddling his thumbs thinking like, how way can I screw over the Raptors? Um, and they have to make this stupid video too. It's so ridiculously pretentious seeing that video on like Instagram. They're like super serious. Yeah, we're going to call in. And, and the guy picks up the phone and he's like, Gotti Barnes. I'm just, I just nod his head. And then they hang up, and then they just start clapping, start the slow golf clap. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It was Are you kidding me? It was a shock. So the the Raptors select Scotty Barnes, uh, a small forward out of Florida Florida State. State. This guy, um, how far did Florida State get in the the tournament? That's a good question. I think it might have been the second round. I think – Okay, so here's my thing. Uh, for, early on in, uh, or maybe it's the third round. Anyways, in in uh, in in, tr- in workouts, there's there was this vibe around Scotty Barnes, and Scotty Barnes started rising in the draft, if you recall. Like he was projected probably late first round, maybe even second round a year ago, and this guy just started oh, skyrocketing. Right. And I and and so so yeah, d- similar to you, Chris, I had the win taken out of me because I was fully. Uh, ex- expecting uh, Jalen Suggs 
everyone was talk, talking that there was like a very specific top four. Jalen Suggs is a, a proven leader, veteran. Everybody was saying for the Raptors, this is really, really great transition away from Kyle Lowry, who's expected to sign at a place he can compete and win again, um, which is not the Raptors' most likely. Uh, it's it, after it, this move, man. It's it's possible the Raptors could find a way to to bring him back for a year, and there might be a mutual interest to doing that uh, in the time being. However, this seemed like the right idea. Jalen Suggs, Fred VanVleet, you got Gary Trent Jr., uh, who you got to sign as well this offseason. Uh, but but that's like a really fun young core in the backcourt, and then the wind was just taken out of. Every Toronto Raptors fan sales. I think immediately. Can I I tell you something? Literally, when he came up and he was saying with the fourth pick, I was writing on my notepad Jalen Suggs' name. I got to (laughs) S-U-G and he said Scotty Barnes. And and I just put a big cross over that whole name. Yeah, well... Okay, so here's my thing with Scotty Barnes, though. I, I, okay, know, I, I know we're right. going to spend I'll, a little bit more time yeah. on the Raptors in future episodes here, but this this guy is a freak athlete, okay? You see him, he's already a physical specimen. Like, he's jacked. You Even Evan Mobley, who's, yeah, 6'9", th- he does not have the kind of physical attributes that, that Scotty Barnes, Barnes consists. Now, if that means raw talent... Okay, that means development. That's fine. If he's projected top five and he's a, a development guy, okay, there's something serious that you have to consider there. And when you consider who's the top team that offers that kind of um, development, player development, it's the Toronto Raptors. Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Norman Powell. Um, those are all projects and they won you a title. So there's, there's something to consider the way that the Toronto Raptors do. Uh, uh, they, you know, they, they create the momentum they do in their player development. And, and I mean, at this point, yeah, we all want his Suggs. We'll all be really pissed off when he becomes the superstar that he's going to for the Orlando magic. But I, I fully believe that Scotty Barnes is going to be a, a fantastic ball player. That's my take. You know, if I have to be devil's advocate, this is my issue. You don't have to. This is my issue. You have OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and now Scotty Barnes. They're all the exact same player. And you're losing a point guard, which is a void that you definitely need to fill. Like, what what are we going to do? Are we going to sign John Wall as our point guard? How do you know? How do you know? I I feel like the Raptors are way more in on Gary Trent Jr. than than the idea of Suggs at that point. And I think that Scotty Barnes was too good of a player. I think he was probably one of the best defense defensive players in the draft. That is the system that Nick Nurse has, and and it fit for the system. And I think that that's the only reason. Like I'm not usually partial. I don't like the idea of teams passing necessarily on the best player available. I do believe in picking the best player available because that's how it works. And if you need to trade other things to make it work, then, but they figured that's, that's the Toronto Raptors system. They, you know, they've got very, very good um, Intel and, and a development record and their scouting has always been very strong. And 
I just feel like that we gotta we're gonna have to wait and see on this. I mean, the whole draft we're gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned Kawhi being picked what thirteen to fifteen or something, and Curry was nine, and lots of these guys. Even Rudy Gobert was like twenty seven or whatever. It was the very last pick. Giannis was what fifteen. Michael Jordan was three. Kobe Bryant was thirteen. Like. There's there's going to be opportunity and there's going to be misses and I feel like uh, this will be a very fascinating one for the Raptors fans to watch uh, moving forward. The only other thing I would say that I guess concerns me about the Toronto Raptors right now with Scotty Barnes is that who is the guy on the Raptors that like gets you a bucket, like mm-hmm. a guy that has like a killer Fred. mentality. Freddie. Well, I mean, yeah, but I like. Freddie's going to drop like crazy Westbrook numbers next time. <laughs> <laughs> really triple doubles. Yeah. I, I would love to see that. I, would I mean, to. I it's going to, it's going to really depend on the, what free agency looks like. I could see I, them moving some of their younger guys out to make it. Gotta move Siakam. Cause Siakam was supposed to be that guy. If they can find some better supplement. For There's Siakam. a lot of talk about Ben Simmons. I know. And you know what? I would actually be really open to it because if you've got, say, Ben Simmons, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, if, like, you could keep that intact or, like, I don't know, sub out OG or somebody and you get Gary Trent Jr. Because you might have to put Gary Trent Jr. in there. Right. So you put a bunch of future picks. Yeah. Like, you know, you create space for Ben Simmons to op- operate. And all of these guys are high. Like, that would be probably one of the de- best defensive starting five in the league. Like, if you had Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, and Ben Simmons on the floor together – um but uh you know i uh yeah i, right. I i'm right. i'm hoping i'm really hoping that this is going to be a bright future i'm just concerned as to i feel like we're missing that guy like fred is a great piece but i think there needs to be like that guy that pairs yeah. with fred well fred remember like a, there was never that guy until Kawhi showed up now demar Derozan and lowry were fantastic raptors and they were very good all-stars didn't quite work. True. So we'll have to, we'll, we'll just wait and see on this one. I feel like, I mean, I was frustrated. I'm also big on NHL and the Oilers made like a pick that you're like, that's not what I wanted, but you're just going to have to wait and find out, you know? Okay. So number five, Orlando, they took Jalen Suggs. The Raptors didn't. Who took number six? (laughs) Well, whoa, 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 whoa. I I don't want to talk about Suggs anymore, man. Just give a little Jalen Suggs appreciation. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Always. This guy in high school played quarterback. So he was the leader of his football team. And you know, like how big of a deal it is to be a quarterback of a team. And it was reputable (laughs) high school that he was at. And then in college, you know, he plays as the starting, you know, point guard. Um, he's really focusing on his studies. He's a very smart kid, um, really dedicated. And so he finds a way to find the balance and the discipline in his life to make things happen. And again, like I said, I think the best thing about this player compared to all the other players in the draft is that he has, in my opinion, like the best impact in winning. And mm. I think that's an intangible that can't be undermined. I mean, you look at certain players on the team, you're just like, I wish I'd have that player on, on my team because he just makes everybody on that team better. And it's not necessarily what he even does on the court, but like the conversations they're having, you know, off the court. And that's why this was some player that I was like, I really want Toronto to have this guy because I feel like even when things are really challenging, his just attitude would be so infectious. But then 
I kind of sure. counted myself realizing, well, you still have players on the Raptors right now who won a championship. So they've been there. So they know, you know, when times are really tough, how to find that right perspective. So I guess, you know, and with their culture and everything, maybe they don't need that intangible as much as say like a team like Orlando, um, you know, who's for so many years now really struggled and just an unfortunate series of accidents too. Like, you know, we saw in the bubble, it felt like Orlando was having a moment where they could really shine. And then Jonathan Isaac just like has this brutal injury and he's out for a year. Um, Markel Fultz, you know, like had a bit of a renaissance and then boom, he got hit with an injury too, right at that bubble time. So we've never seen, you know, Orlando and, and moving Aaron Gordon and just some of the pieces that they've had, you know, any kind of congruency of something mm. they can build up off of. And of it, course, we're going to get to these other picks with Orlando, but man, it looks like they're off to a great start. That will definitely, you know, the thing I forgot about though with them is Cole Anthony. They took last year. And so yeah, Cole man. Anthony, Jalen Suggs, kind of the same player, but it'll be interesting to see how they make uh, space for both of those guys moving forward. Totally. Totally. Okay. So the sixth pick, Oklahoma City Thunder with their treasure troves of picks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they picked this uh, dude out of Australia, this Aussie, Josh Giddy, some guy that I thought honestly was going to be picked like towards eight to 10 range. So I was a little surprised to see that he jumped up so high. Um, but when I was watching some like high, highlight reels of this dude, like he's got really good touch. And he plays his pace of his game like at his own pace. Like he never looks like he's rushed from what I've seen of him. So, I mean, this is really interesting with Oklahoma picking this guy. What are your thoughts, man? I know nothing about Josh Giddy. Uh, all I know is that Oklahoma is going to have so many good young players that they're going to be able to figure out who they really want to keep after they oh. draft like 100 players in the first round over the next five years. It's funny. I think like maybe Sam Presti is in this perspective where he has to balance – you know, drafting players within these each given couple of years and then thinking also in terms of, well, is this a player that I could actually build my team out of that would be quite successful, which obviously it's going to happen with how many picks they have, or are these players that I'm drafting so then I can utilize them as some sort of asset down the oh, road yeah. for moving pieces to, to get to where you want to go, right? Look at how much some of these teams are giving up. Like, I know everybody's been saying this Ben Simmons offer that – it's just way too high. It's astronomically high. It's, but it's like, it's been done before. So the, the fact that even Sam Presti has the plethora of picks right now is uh, ridiculous. And, and, and that's exactly how it's going. One, they're just waiting. They're waiting for that right thing. And the minute a Kawhi, the minute a Luca, the minute any of those guys become available, boom, OKC has everything that you want. Totally, man. And, you know, the other thing I'd say, too, like, all of these players, I mean, Evan Mobley even, like, he's got pretty decent lateral quickness. But all these players that we've said so far, and Josh Giddy included in this, like, have incredible um, speed, especially on the defensive end. We've got that lateral quickness. You need to move side to side. That was something I was noticing in some of his highlights, too. So cool. I think this is a player that they could plug in right away. Um, he seems very self uh, selfless. He doesn't necessarily need to have the ball in his hands all the time. Um, and he'll be a good contributor for them moving forward. So. Right on. Uh, number seven, we have the Golden State Warriors, who've got these two amazing picks uh, in seven and 14. 
this was obviously something I was thinking off the bat. And I'm sure, like, I don't know how you felt, but when I was looking at the screen and seeing that war room in Golden State, they did not look happy. Like, it looked like they were just for, like, the last, like, 20 minutes excruciatingly on and off the phone being like, okay, we'll give you the 7 and 14th and Wiseman and Wiggins for, you know, Bradley Beal or for this guy and just not getting anywhere. And I was like kind of surprised after the seventh pick went through. I was like, okay, maybe, but definitely after that fourth pick, I was like, man, there's like not going to be any player movement with these trades and these picks. Everyone's just going to have to sit on these. But uh, uh, needless to say, you know, Golden State Warriors, the number seven picked uh, Jonathan Kaminga, who was somebody that was like touted really high and then kind of fell a bit. And uh, now what, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Jonathan Kaminga? Do you think he's going to be something? In the I NBA? think he's going to be good, but I also have a feeling if uh, Golden State was trying so desperately hard to move out Wiggins and Wiseman and anything else they could for something that Kaminga would probably be packaged into a, a deal like that. So I'm not, uh, I'm not holding my breath that this guy uh, plays for the Golden State Warriors next year. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. You know, I mean, he's a he's kind of a project. Yeah, you're taking a risk swinging at the fences with this one, um, but the potential. I mean, his athleticisms. Yep. They, I, you know, I, the, some of the analysts were saying that this guy was uh, he was he was being considered in the in the top you know three probably a year ago. So yeah. a testament to the other players that kind of jumped him, but. Uh, yeah, he'll be a good player for sure. My my one my one concern from what I've heard about Jonathan Kaminga, which I think is like kind of a, a bit of a red herring for me, is that they were saying that his feel for the game needs to improve. So just that natural experience when you're in the pace of the game and like the decision making where you put yourself, um, your your you know ability, like just it's like I don't know, like that hand-eye coordination kind of thing, like those little intangibles. They say his feel of the game is is quite weak. So uh, hopefully, he can figure it out, man, in Golden State. Because <laughs> if he can, I mean, like again, that's going to be a defensive monster, um, to say the very least. Okay, so the eighth pick with uh, Orlando Magic again. So they had the fifth and what? eighth pick here. They picked Franz Wagner out of mm. Germany. Uh, this guy played in Michigan last year. I remember watching him a bit in the NCAA tournament. Michigan went quite far. I can't remember if they actually – they might have made it all the way to the Final Four, if I recall. Michigan? Was, no, I think ways. Michigan was out uh, before the Final Four. So Elite Eight, I guess. So they, Is that right? Am I right? Maybe I'm wrong on something that. Like I can't. I just remember Jawan Howard's face, and he just did not look happy to be out of the <laughs> tournament. But Franz Wagner, oh, he's going to be a good player. His brother, his older brother, I think, played or maybe still plays in the NBA. Uh, he just seems like he's a little bit quicker. I mean, he's a bit younger, so he's adapted to a newer, faster game. But um, this would be a nice, yeah, this would be a nice option for the Orlando Magic. Or no. Oh, for sure. Is yeah, that, for the yeah geez, man. Orlando. Yeah, man. They got he, some uh, things going down down there. Okay, wait, wait. I pulled it up. It was uh, Baylor, Houston, Gonzaga. Oh, yeah. UCLA beat Michigan. That's what happened. Right. Juzang. Yeah. No, Johnny Juzang, who Johnny opted Juzang. out of the draft. I had a feeling he was going to go in the second round, but maybe he wants another opportunity to, he, to he, play better and get lottery uh, pick next year. 
he wants another year. And you know what, man, I would bet on that kid. I think he would yeah. be really good. But I, I do remember in that game in UCLA and Franz Wagner, like the rest of the Michigan team was like not having a, a good time. They were challenged. And yeah. uh, he was, he was kicking butt. Like Franz Wagner was still giving it in that game all he could. So nice. Uh, I appreciate that hustle. Um, and he's 6'11". That's the other crazy thing about that dude. Um, 6'11". I couldn't, be- 6'11". I couldn't believe it. They said, like, he had a growth spurt recently. And, and yeah, I, I don't know if it was, a, like, back in June or something they measured him. So we'll see what happens, like, when he goes to the team and they do other measurements. Where it's actually at, <laughs> Next but- time he gets measured. Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, so yeah, so that was number eight. Uh, number nine, the Sacramento Kings, who have kind of a – uh, tortured history of drafting players um, went with Davian Mitchell out of Baylor, the 22 year old uh, defensive phenom. Um, obviously Baylor, they won the NCAA tournament last uh, this past spring. And Davian Mitchell was a very important part of their winning success. Um, obviously uh, we know how good he is on the defensive end. I mean, this guy is strong as a brick house. Um, he's super quick. He's like not the tallest guy, but he does things for his size that I think surprise people. Um, mm. And again, 22 years old. So like, you know, one thing to think, well, he's a little bit older playing against some of these younger guys. So how's that going to translate in the NBA? But I mean, there's, there's a lot of potential here for sure in this guy. Yeah. He's a really good defensive player. There's much more to him, but let's get to the next pick. <laughs> well, what do you think of him on Sacramento with next to? Well, I can't figure out quite what guys. Sacramento's doing. Like, I, they're they're bringing up. Darren Fox is one of the best point guards in the West. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, top three finalist for Rookie of the Year, and then they've got Marvin Bagley, who maybe is leaving or not. He's an RFA, I guess. So, yeah, he's probably second overall leaving. pick by the Sacramento Kings a few years ago. I feel like they've got the pieces that that would definitely help winning. They've got a great backcourt now with Davion Mitchell, and he's an option to go to uh, if they're in a pinch defensively, I guess. And he knows late game heroics, and yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be good. How how do you think of the idea of Marvin Bagley going to Toronto? Anybody who's tall, come to Toronto. That's. <laughs> and we can do tryouts, and then we can consider trades. So. Anyone who's tall. This is a call out to anyone who is tall. Please come. Don't even have to play basketball at this point. Like we've seen, (laughs) we've seen it happen. So the 10th pick um, was going to go to the Pelicans, but obviously remember a couple days ago, there was this trade with Jonas Valanciunas and uh, Stephen Adams and Eric Bledsoe. Um, you had Jonas going to the Pelicans and those other two guys going to Memphis. Uh, and this opportunity was so for Memphis could move up and get in the 10th pick. All right. Obviously, you know, from the looks of it, Memphis seen their success this last year. And with John Morant's growth, they're like, you know what? We want to get some, you know, <laughs> players in this draft to build up on our core and, and keep the good times rolling in, in Memphis, man. Um, with this pick, they ended up taking Zaire Williams out of Stanford. Um, that's a little higher than people thought. Well, totally. And this is a guy who like LeBron James even gave a personal shout out to on Twitter. So that's a big, yeah. Cause he played on his son's AAU team. (laughs) 
Well, you showed up. I mean, I don't know if you saw Space Jam, but when was Zyre in that? Up, he's like, "What's up?" Right, right. Well, okay. I mean, if LeBron says he's good, then I'd take him in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> like we were talking just before, Bronny James gets picked first overall, no matter what. He's gotta. He's got it. I mean, maybe unless it's like some freak athlete or some like European freak athlete comes in out of nowhere. I don't know. But even Luca was picked third. I just don't feel like a team and watch it be Cleveland uh, or freaking OKC and OK or (laughs) here we go. OKC trades all their futures for the number one pick in in Bronny's year. That would be funny. It would not be worth it, but Bronny will be a very good player, uh, but I do not think that that would be worth it. Okay, where were we? Uh, Zaire Williams. Do you have any? Great pick. Uh, I think it's great that he jumped, uh, you know, much like Scotty Barnes uh, (laughs) jumped in the draft. And uh, good on that team. That'll be good. He's got a lot of upside. He really does. Um, The 11th pick. uh, Oh, this was one of my favorites. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets uh, drafted James Booknight. Um, okay. Out of the boogie. The boogie, man. The bookster. The, the bookster. bookmobile. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there's going to be some sort of like book nickname he's going to get. The, the boogie monster. Yeah. Uh, this guy is uh, as quick as all hell, man. Um, yeah. UConn, yeah, right? Yeah, from UConn. I, I can't remember. I remember reading a bit about like his story, like, how he ended up on UConn. I think he had a few other options. And I think this opportunity was just going to give him more of a presence on the forefront of, you know, minutes and just opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember UConn, I think they won a game in the uh, NCAA tournament. Um, they had a relatively good season, but I think this guy just had a lot of upside. And he was somebody too, that I know like really went up, um, as the months went by leading up to this draft, I think like first when they're talking about book night, it was going to be like late first round um, or mid, you know, early twenties and just conversations on them kept improving. And I think seeing his athleticism and, and he just has some of those intangibles, the feel for the game per se, like I said, you know, Kaminga lacks thereof, you know, I think that's something that he really has a good understanding of. So uh, Charlotte, man, they look amazing. Like, yeah, Charlotte's got some cool, cool options. They've got those brothers. Um, uh, shoot, what are their names? They're like, they're twins, aren't they? Uh, Here, I'll pull. Oh, gosh, what are their names? Well, so they've got Lamella Ball, obviously, who was rookie of the year last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and it's, uh, I mean, they. I think they just made a trade tonight for... Uh, for a big as well oh, i'm talking out of my ass i don't remember anything Let, let's see that miles bridges um miles bridges right the high flyer oh yeah terry rosier's on this team as well too i love that guy scary terry uh, malik monk which actually you know i heard rumors about malik monk potentially might be moved um, okay yeah he hasn't quite so that maxed out on his potential Totally, not at all. And, you know, there maybe could be another team could have a huge opportunity for him. Uh, Bismack Biambo still on that team. Uh, Gordon Hayward, uh, PJ Washington. Um, oh, you're talking about uh, Cody and Caleb Martin. That's right. Those are the guys you're talking about. Yeah, yeah they played out of Twins. Nevada, I think. Yep. 
Yeah, both born on the same day, September 28th. It's crazy, man. Yeah, that makes yeah, them twins. They like they got a lot of young high flyers. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. lots of lots of raw talent, young. Uh, and you know, if they could couple that with a nice solid uh, superstar uh, one day, that'd be great. So that would be. Oh yeah, man. So the twelfth pick. Um, oh, this one's cool. I'll let you start off on this one. So we've got uh, San Antonio Spurs. Uh, they draft this kid out of Toronto. Uh, no Joshua way. Primo. Oh, that's right. Josh Primo. Yeah. Primo Basta. That's why. So the youngest player in the draft. Really? Like such a kid. Yeah. They said he was the youngest player in the draft this year. How old is he? Um, like 12? He looks, I don't know. He looks 18, <laughs> 17. You have to maybe. be 18, don't you? I guess. I guess. Okay. I have no idea. Well, that's um, awesome. It's nice Canadian yeah. content going in the first round. That's right, man. We got, oh, well, this is crazy too, because right after that with the Indiana Pacers, we had this guy, Chris Dwart, who was the oldest player in the draft at 24. Duarte. Um, Duarte, yeah. And that dude's from, born in Montreal. So we got a born Montreal, and a Montreal kid in the born in the top Republic. 15. And then, right. where did he play college? Uh, Oregon. Oregon. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah, shout out, shout out, Brandon, your Oregon pick. You like you said of a guy who went so far in the, in the NCAA tournament. Because of Chris year. Duarte, he knew exactly yeah, who he was picking. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that guy played a huge role, and and he's somebody that uh, you know I think um, uh, the Pacers are going to be able to like inject right now into the lineup. Yeah. And for the Spurs, I mean, you got a young project there, Joshua Prime, and it looks like you know the Spurs are just going young and uh, good culture there. So I mean, it's going to be a great opportunity for that kid. I hope he does well. Duarte to the Pacers. Is that what you said? Or the Spurs? The, the Pacers. Pacers. Yeah, that's going to be great. Karis Levert, Brogdon. Uh, yeah. Another Miles team with like just a bunch of raw talent. It'll be good. Miles Turner is an interesting one, though, because he could be flipped, I feel like, mm-hmm. this offseason. The if they figure out the, well, yeah, he's pretty Every tall, big so man come perfect. to Toronto. <laughs> basketball man yeah dude uh speaking of basketball i mean baseball uh they said too (laughs) on the thing um on on the show tonight that chris duarte can throw a 90 mile an hour fastball no way so imagine like the the full court passes that guy's gonna do in the nba is there a baseball team in indiana i don't Uh, know just the college uh, yeah they're just a college i remember can't remember what the name of it is, but I've, I've driven by that field a couple of times. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, multi um, multi sport athletes usually do well in their pro leagues. You know, you know who else was a multi sport athlete? LeBron James, Jalen Suggs, Bo Jackson, Jalen Suggs, <laughs> Jalen Suggs. So there you go. Uh, the fourteenth pick, uh, Golden State Warriors had this one along with the seventh. Uh, the fourteenth pick, they uh, drafted Moses Moody. Um, He's uh six six, got a seven uh foot win- wingspan from Arkansas. Uh this guy's a really good on ball defender, um, extremely athletic. Uh again, I mean, this guy you could probably inject right away in Golden State's lineup, but it's really hard to perceive right now, like having these guys start the season. I mean, maybe, but I feel like Golden State is gonna be really working here next week with a few phone calls. I mean, maybe even tomorrow to see uh, what, what kind of things they can do. That'd be sweet. That'd be awesome. I mean, there's much to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's 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 much to do. The window of the um, bright now Golden State Warriors is dwindling. So yeah, they've got to move. They've got to yeah. <laughs> it's not the Golden State Warriors that's dwindling. It's Steph Curry who's dwindling and his time with the Warriors if they want to continue to compete. Totally, totally. And uh, the last one that we'll talk a little bit more in depth here today is the fifteenth pick uh, with Washington Wizards. Um, this, the Wizards. I, this was another one that I was like, man, like I, th- I thought he was going to be drafted way higher. I super love this guy. Uh, another Zag in Corey Kispert, um, six, seven dude plays like, oh, wow. He's a lot like taller Redick. than I thought he was. Oh yeah, man. This dude is, yeah, he's really tall. You know, he's, he's strong. So he's going to be able to hold up to those bigger guys as well on the defensive end. And I mean, just his off ball catch and shoot, his quickness, his speed, he has, you know, the highest, um, I think it was like pure um, field goal percentage shooting um, in the NCAA out of all college teams was Corey Kispert, like wow. something at like 67 or whatever. So, so does he have more of a game good. though? Is he like a Ray Allen or a, a Kyle Korver? Yeah, he's like, more is he a like specialist? A, he's more like a Korver. Yeah. Uh, Riddick type yeah he's definitely a specialist um, but he's gonna provide you consistent shooting um, and and you know I think that's you know for Washington like that's gonna be a great asset and again like with some of the young talent they have I think it's gonna be a really good future mm-hmm. again are they trying to build all this around Bradley Beal and like does Bradley Beal I don't know like I think they're gonna build say? it around Kyle Kuzma man <laughs> oh, that's right I forgot <laughs> Al Kuzma, Corey Kispert, uh, Alex Len, Bradley Beal want to stay there with that? And Montrezl Harrell? No, no, dude. KCP, though? No, dude. Well, let's just say that right now. So there's this crazy trade tonight that happened right before the draft. So you had Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and and Harrell. Um, and it was this year's 2021 pick, which was number 22 overall. All of those went to the Wizards for Russell Westbrook. Um I mean, that's pretty much the only other big highlight that we had out of tonight. Like, do you think Westbrook is going to be good on the Lakers? Yeah. Think that's going to work? Yeah, I do. Look how many triple-doubles he has. <laughs> Will he do that again? Like, probably most nights. But the, the, the biggest part of that are the assists, man. This guy puts up major assists. And what does LeBron want? The ball in his hand. What does AD want? The ball in his hand. This guy's going to get them the ball uh, no matter what. And he's going to bring that feist and energy that Russ always brings to the game. I love this player. I think that he kind of fell out of favors in Houston, but he was playing next to uh, James Harden, which can be difficult, I'm sure, at times. And, uh, (laughs) And in Washington, he just did not have pieces around him. So... So he got major stats. Uh, he doesn't need to do that, though. He will make this Los Angeles Lakers contenders again. I believe him, man. I'm totally with you. Yeah. I, uh, it's going to be it's gonna be so exciting. Like, we've got these joggernauts in the West, and I can't even imagine what the playoffs are going to be like next year, let alone what other assets. But I will say, like, my only concern about the Lakers right now is, like, who's their best perimeter defender? Taylor Horton Tucker? <laughs> well what does the rest of their bench look like um well they still have dennis Schroeder. i don't know if dennis Schroeder is going to be there okay um, Schroeder wants to Schroeder wants to be a starter in the league doesn't he 
Yeah. Well, now if you got him and Westbrook, I feel like that's kind of competing interest. Didn't they play together in OKC? They might. I have a feeling they played together before. So there could be a relationship there that could be good. But if not, look for Schroeder to be moved. Oh, hands down. And And if Schroeder gets you Buddy healed, man. Maybe they do. Amazing. I wonder what else that they could pair up now. I don't know like how many assets that they could really offer to to go after that. Because I mean that was other. Maybe they can offer Jack Nicholson's seat. <laughs> it's probably worth the same price. Oh, probably, probably. That's got to that's got to be like one of the most expensive seats in the house, man. Um, Wouldn't that be funny if the Lakers started using like the value of their season ticket holder seats? <laughs> As like other assets, yeah, oh, cash my... considerations or like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like little intangibles like that. Uh, um, yeah, that would be nuts, dude. That would be nuts. All right, so I... what's the what's the last bold, big bold move that you think happens this off season? We won't we won't get too far into the off season. We're gonna we keep it to the draft tonight, but uh, totally. What's the next thing? What's the next domino to fall here? Okay, that's that's a great way to put it. I mean, after everything that we saw tonight, um, a lot of people stuck to their guns. The movement in terms of picks didn't really happen until later on in the draft tonight. So I felt like everybody kind of played it close to the chest. Um, and that being said, it makes me think, even though there was these reports, and who knows if they're true or not, like saying that Ben Simmons is going to get traded tonight, it's going to happen. Like, I feel... Your biggest assets right now for the next dominoes to fall, Ben Simmons is probably the, the biggest one. Now there just seems to be so much conversation that the Wizards don't want to part ways with Bradley Beal, and it's really going to be probably up to Beal to make noise if he wants to leave. Um, if he does make noise, then they'll probably move him. If he doesn't make noise, they're going to keep him this season. So probably it's going to be Ben Simmons and where he goes, knowing how Daryl Morey likes to operate, just seeing his experience in Houston. Um, he's just going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing for like really over the top offers um, until he gets what he wants. And I think he'll probably <laughs> have to like pull back some, but there'll be some team at some point down the road that'll decide just to say, screw it. Yeah. And they'll pull the trigger on it. I um, think it might be the Raptors, man. And I think the package is Siakam and a sign and trade with Lowry and a future first. Do you throw Gary Trent Jr. in there as well, too? No. No, you didn't take Jalen Suggs. So you've got a plan with Gary Trent Jr. You have to have a plan with Gary Trent Jr. Unless you're going to sign other other guards. And and it sounds like that offer you just made me was something that they kind of already off asked before, but OG Ananobi was also included. Yeah, no and way. the Raptors said no. Siakam's so, the guy that's going. And so he, Kyle Lowry definitely sign and trade. Yeah. So if you just take OG out of the equation. You know what? I would do that. I would, I would too, but that. I'm not I'm not Daryl Morey who wants an arm and a leg and a foot yeah. and a... <laughs> I, I would I would put it this way. As the great Bill Simmons always says never trade a dollar for four quarters. It just never works. And time and time again in the NBA, and I know, you know, Bill Simmons and Daryl Morey are good friends. So I'm sure Daryl Morey has heard this a time or two um, that we trade a star player. I mean, this is the shitty thing about all of it is that you have a player whose value is diminished so significantly to have such an outing um, and such a no show as he did in that last round of the playoffs how even Doc Rivers was responding um, post-game when everything kind of fell apart. Joel Embiid kind of threw him under the bus, ran him over. Um, it just, it, 
you know, I can understand from Daryl Morey's perspective that his realistic leverage is so limited. And it's one of those situations that it's like, I regardless, moving this player in the right circumstances, he's going to be amazing. And I have to give him up. And I didn't trade him in the past and I could have got James Harden. So now I'm maybe regretting that decision. And now looking forward with lesser value for this player, like what kind of assets am I going to get? Am I going to get three quarters? Even if I get four quarters, it's still horrible. Like you're never going to really replace, (laughs) even though it wasn't the right fit, you're never going to replace maybe that like star talent potential of a player. Um, it just seems unrealistic. Like for the treasure troves, the things are asking yeah, for the Raptors or some of these other guys. It just well, there's lots of happen. lots of risk, lots of reward to be had. Um, <laughs> a really touching tribute as well for um, Terrence Clark, who um, yeah, who wasn't able to be here. He died tragically in a uh, in a car accident uh, like a few months ago. Yeah, and, and um, in April. Yeah. In April, so he was really looking forward to this. He was projected to go pretty high in the draft. The NBA did a, an amazing job at paying tribute to him, to his family. Um, so kudos to the NBA for taking initiative to be yeah, able to do that. It was a very beautiful moment. If you get an opportunity, uh, look it up, try to find it. Terrence Clark, um, and essentially the NBA. Uh, took a break in the draft and um, said with the next pick, the NBA selects from Kentucky, Terrence Clark. It was just a really beautiful, uh, beautiful, beautiful way to to honor the life um, and the potential of what Terrence Clark could have been in the league. Of course, man, it's such a tragedy. His family got to walk across the stage and take a photo with Adam Silver. All got to put a hat on. That's pretty special. Really special. A moment that they'll always remember that the NBA will also to remember. Yeah. Kudos to them, man. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens next. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Our first ever Backyard Basketball Podcast brought to you by the Ordinary Podcasting Network. Christian. Thank you so much, brother. It was a blast. And we look forward to coming back at you next Wednesday. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue, which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.